Meanwhile, the Islamic banking concept is based on non-interest financial intermediation and sharing of profits and prohibits collection and payment of interest by lenders. Ghana has signed a 16 million euro financing agreement with German Development Corporation, GIZ, to finalize the process of becoming a member of the African Trade Insurance Agency. Deputy Minister of Trade, Charles Edubwahin, expressed confidence that the compact to reduce the country's risk of borrowing. There is more in this report by Ebenezer Sabote. Ghana will obtain an insurance cover of about $4 billion as it becomes a member of the African Trade Insurance Agency. Deputy Minister of Finance Charles Edubwahin outlines the impacts of this insurance cover on the country. Investors will replace the government's guarantee with an ATI insurance product or an ATI guarantee, which means that government will not have to incur a contingent liability to these amounts sitting on its books that can be um, called upon at any time. And the risk and the insurance would have been moved from government onto the hands of a private sector or a multilateral agency, which can then step in and play the role that it should play in terms of making the environment more comfortable and less risky for investors to come in. Acting Chief Executive of the African Trade Insurance Agency, John Latin, disclosed that the agency is ready to support trade transactions by government. Standing portfolio guaranteeing trade and investment across the continent. A little bit in Ghana, but now that Ghana's completed full membership, I, I can say with certainty that we will be supporting significant volumes of trade and investment here. Probably Will be close to a billion dollars within in, within even 12 to 18 months. The fund will help provide investment opportunities for the private sector. Away from that, some small businesses in the country are hopeful of improved credit following the completion of the banking sector cleanup. Small firms over the years have struggled to secure funding from banks due to the state of the enterprises. That speaking to Joy Business at the 2018 Vodafone SME Ghana Awards, project lead Kwesi Ofori Jr. believes banks are now in a better position to provide funding for enterprises. So somewhere in November, we'll be having our first stakeholder engagement where our investors who are ready, there is about some $5 million available, but we need to up the cap. So we're also calling on other financial institutions and our local investors who want to join our drive. The reason is that our SMEs are doing so well. They need the support to expand financially. But the issue is the interest rate on our local the debit financing that we go through. The other thing is that the banks are not too willing to even do long-term financing. I know that this cleanup now, we have a lot of liquid. The banks are now liquid to support the SME. What I hope that the banks should do, do is to walk the talk. Meanwhile, entrepreneur Madame Joyce I has urged these small firms to build stronger brands in order to benefit from the Africa Continental Free Trade Agreement. We need a global mindset because we need to move beyond the small economy of Ghana and even beyond Africa. It's true that the African Continental Free Trade Agreement Secretariat provides us a large number of people, but there are even bigger markets outside. So I'd like to encourage all of us in the SME sectors to know that you can definitely start small but become a global brand. That's why this global mindset is the kind of orientation that is required so that we can understand our products, businesses, and the sector in which we operate, and the particular markets we can access across the global arena. 
And that was Madame Joyce Aide. Now, the sixth SME Ghana Award saw Trader in Beauty and Cosmetic Products, Serum Company Limited, emerge the best performing SME of the year, while fashion designer MBA Mode Institute also won multiple awards, including Community Impact Award for the year. Now, management of the newly constructed KJTR market says it will introduce a code to regulate conduct of traders who will be running shops in that area. But what are the concerns ahead of the official official opening before the Christmas season? Nanaya Ojima takes us on a trip through the market in our in today's special Friday feature. About four years ago, the KJTR lorry terminal, one of the biggest in West Africa, was transit for mainly traveling across the sub-region. Shops surrounding the terminal made it a one-stop point for buying and selling. In 2015, the Kumasi Metropolitan Assembly, backed by the central government, took a bold decision to reconstruct the terminal into a modern market. The $298 million project has more than 8,000 shops and stores with loading and drop-off terminals for transport operators. Community liaison manager Emmanuel Danso gives a mental picture of the new arrangement. Every transport union has a space here. They have rooms for their meetings and offices too. Both ends have been given to the transport operators only that they will not park here. Race calls will be the parking space. It will help the just the area, especially now that the second phase will be constructed. The market, probably the biggest in the country, is roofed with nicely designed kente-like material, a sign of the deeply stemmed cultural respect of the people of Kumase. The market will easily pass as one of the modern and nicely designed markets in the country. And that was the Naya Ojimans report ending this edition of the Joy Business Reporter One with me, Charles Ayete. Up next is the locker room with George Ado Jr. and the team. Do stay. Bossman, I'm at the bank. Really? But your car is in front of your house. Bro, my bank on my phone, Charlie. Oh, how? Ecobank, bro. With Ecobank Mobile app, I can do everything, anywhere, anytime. Listen, I just checked my account balance, paid my school fees, and sent money to my grandma at Walwale. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Masa, just download the Ecobank Mobile app from the Google Play Store or the App Store or dial star 770 hash and be your own bank manager. Manager, manager. Whether to pay bills or fees, to check account statements, send money across Ghana, abroad, and more. Ecobank Mobile app has got it covered. Ecobank Mobile, making everyday people live everyday lives the Ecobank way. Ecobank, the Pan-African Bank. Super Hits Radio. Radio. Joy 99.7. May I please have your attention for the following announcements. Nana Okrukata IV, Chief of New Akradi. Nana Samanko II, Queen Mother of New Akradi, Nana Owusuwa Dakuwa II, and Kobiahima, all of Akwemu Akradi, Nana Edu Ejei Bonse, Old Akradi Hine, Madame Sewa Ofusu Akra, and the entire Amano families of New and Old Akradi, with deep sorrow announces the sudden death of their beloved Charles Kwesi Amano. He died aged 68. Funeral arrangements are as follows. There will be no wakekeeping. The body will be laid in state on Saturday, the 28th of September 2019 
at Medina Municipal Assembly near Social Welfare from 4 a.m. to 10 a.m. Burial service will take place on Saturday, 28th September 2019 at Medina Municipal Assembly near Social Welfare. Interment as private. Funeral rites will take place on Saturday, 28th September 2019 at Medina Municipal Assembly near Social Welfare. The family will gather on Sunday, 29th September 2019 at Medina. All friends and sympathizers are cordially invited. Kona Abusia Peni Kofi Edu, Nana Ewache Kwabon Chief, Teacher Amote Regent, Kofi Inkugwa Regent, Asafohen Peni Kwesikuma, Openi A.K. Yamwa, Openi Kobna Beni, Kona Abusia Hema Atre, Oba Peni Meskate Okran, Committee Chairman Nana Yasam, Abusia H. Al Bonku, Eyasohen Kwesi Moses. Ochiame Kofi Debra announced of the death of their beloved. Openi Joseph Yaobrache, a.k.a. teacher. He died aged 75. Funeral arrangements are as follows. Wakekeeping takes place on Friday the 27th of September 2019. Burial Mass takes place at the St. Raphael Catholic Church, Breman Berkwa, at 8 a.m. prompt. Burial funeral rites takes place on Saturday, the 28th of September 2019, at Breman Berkwa Cemetery, then to the funeral grounds at Breman Berkwa. Thanksgiving service will take place on Sunday, the 29th of September 2019, at the St. Raphael Catholic Church, immediately after church service to the funeral grounds. Widow, Mrs. Juliana Abrokwa Brache. Children, Clifford Yaobwache Mensa, Social Welfare, Aguna Suidru. Emmanuel Ansa Mensa, Social Welfare, Aguna Suidru. Stella Abama Brache, PDS, Aguna Suidru. Monica Fusua Brache, GES Takrade. Joseph Asamoa Brache, PDS Kaswa North. Elizabeth Bidua Brache, Ghana Health Service, Accra. Bernard Fusu Brache, Pelvin SGS Obwase, Desmond Yaobwache, Kwansa Krum, Grandchildren, 15, Ata for Saturday and Sunday as black and white. All friends and sympathizers are cordially invited. That's all for the announcements. Thank you for your attention. Joy 99.7 FM. For all your sports news. In the locker room. Hello, I'm Sarah Mulkerns, host of Sports World on the BBC World Service. For the very best of previews to the sporting weekend, listen to George Addo Jr. on The Locker Room on Joy 99.7 FM. Live on radio, live online, this is The Locker Room on Joy 99.7 FM with George Addo Jr. The money zone of the Cap Interclubs competition is easy to target as Ashanti Gold and Asante Kotoko make trips to Suze and Bekani amidst the host of crucial games to come. Hello, this is the ball, and they've got the equalizer here. Jackson Wow, it's one all, and all of a sudden problems again for Kumasi Asante Kotoko. I think I can't get here. We'll just go and get some draws so that when it comes here, we can score them here. I was very satisfied. The boys played a good game, so I was very, very satisfied. They should keep on playing this game, and hopefully we can win the trophy. 
They've been training hard since the first. They were determined to come and pass them. I wasn't playing. But now they came Tunisia's Atoll du Sahel and Morocco's Aris Bekani stand in the way of Ghana's representatives. Kumasiya Asante got to go hold a two-goal advantage from the first leg in the CAF Champions League, while Asante Gold hold a slender 3-2 lead in the CAF Confederations Cup. We'll be in both camps ahead of the games this weekend. Analysis ahead. In Europe, we have equally big games, including the Madrid derby in Spain, involving Real Madrid and Atletico Madrid. Manchester United are up against Arsenal in England on Monday. Milan are up against Fiorentina in Italy. We have our taps on the Serie A, the English Premier League, French Liga, German Bundesliga and the Spanish La Liga. Also coming up. Well, it's a clean start. It's a good start by Coleman. The Americans flying in lane number five. It's the American leading the Jamaican at the moment. It's going to be Coleman. But on the outside in lane number eight, unofficially 9.94 seconds. And the Jamaicans coming through now. It's a brilliant bend by Great Britain. The Jamaicans have some work to do. So do the Americans. Britain, Jamaica and the United States. And look at this. From Mitchell Blake, it's Great Britain. Great Britain, yes! I can't believe it. Great Britain have taken the gold medal. Usain Bolt is limping down the track. We are the renovated Khalifa Stadium in Doha for the 17th World IAAF Championships scheduled to begin tonight with the world's finest athletes very much in battles for laurels ghana's male and female relay teams will participate in the multi-sport event head to our facebook page joyce slash nine and seven or whatsapp line zero two four four three four zero four three seven or tweet us at joyce sports ch in responding to our questions of the day we'll be in sochi to preview the russian grand prix as mercedes seek a response following ferrari's dominance in the last four races and in los angeles for the blockbuster world title unification battle between Errol Spence Jr. and Sean Porter, the rival welterweight champions battle for the WBC and IBF belts at the Staples. We have you covered with analysis. Time to talk about what the world is talking about in the world of sport. Hello from me, George Adi Jr. and welcome to Preview Friday. The war drums are back on. The sound of the whistle indicates that special season is here with us. The expectations of fans are free to hit the roof because elite football and one that is enjoyed by the champions is on. Once again, another collapse by the Liverpool defence. Hector Herrera with a equaliser. Atletico Madrid can't beat again. Another big season of the UEFA Champions League begins on your most trusted source of live English football commentary. Joy Sports, in partnership with DSTV and Go TV, bring to you the 2019-2020 UEFA Champions League season live on your slate. Will Jurgen Club Liverpool prove too strong for the challenges? Or this will be a year for the star-studded Paris Saint-Germain, the thirsty Manchester City, or one for Lionel Messi and Ronaldo to shine again? So trust the Joy Sports team, led by George Ajo Jr. and Gary Smith at the office in your car or while watching the game on your fully connected DSTV or Go TV to bring you the best of live commentary on Joy 99.7 FM. Live commentary of the UEFA Champions League is powered by Joy Sports in partnership with DSTV and Go TV. So go ahead and grab your fully connected DSTV Zappa decoder and be part of the experience. Joy Sports, the thrill of the game. DSTV, so much more. 
champions. Live on radio, live online, this is The Locker Room with George Addo Jr. Begin this afternoon on the continent and Kumasi Asante Kotoko are knocking the doors of the group stage or the money zone of the CAF Champions League and Sous. The Pokemon Warriors are fine-tuning but of course have a 2-0 lead after the win a fortnight ago at the Babayara Sports Stadium. Kotoko are eyeing a second straight group stage appearance in continental football having played in the Confederations Cup last season but must be wary of how Atwaldo Sahel registered a 7-1 victory over Hafia FC of Guinea in the last CAF home match following a 2-1 away loss in the respective first leg. So just how prepared is the team? Lava FM's Kelvin Ousuansa has been keeping tabs on Kumasi Asante Kotoko and joins me on the line. Thanks, Kelvin, for your time. You saw the team before the departure. What did you pick up in training with regards to how prepared Kotoko is for the game? Thank you very much, George. And you look definitely at Coach uh, Jettel, the character, and his approach um, towards the game. And it clearly gives you an indication that he's not going to do anything different from the values or do I say um, uh, his, his principles as a coach that he sticks to his philosophy, his team style of playing, no matter whichever opponent that they are facing. And listening to him, it was very emphatic trying to say that they now have a victory 2-0 lead, a 12 will be coming at them so you would only rely on his game that um, he borders on speed and then creativity of his um, central and then um, wing, uh, central midfielders and wingers to make sure they create a lot more opportunities. Judging from that confidence in camp, it clearly gives an indication that the players are eager for this $2,000 on the on the card for a, a qualification into the money zone or the group stages isn't uh, a chicken fee for the players to just um, uh, uh, make this um, good opportunity pass by. Moral income, very high, very great. You look at the players, most of them very fair to just that fatigue a number of them who were allowed to have some cases and then some free um, 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 days off not to engage in that rigorous activity talking about Habib Mohammed, Felix and they who always been engaged in Santé Kotoko games as well as the Ghana Black Materials and the local Black Stars, that is the Black Stars we to be respected. So aside them all of them have been training very well and um, it's, 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 it's a good morale in camp, the team preparing very high and just as I've said, if there should be anything uh, um, uh, different from Kojeto the character, I'm sure you'll be in the final minutes of their last training session where probably he may have to decide to change his tactics, but there's no way he's going to go different as he's been playing in Africa and mm. in all other games we've seen him direct to the affairs of Asante Kotoko's technical area. Well, Kelvin, let's talk about the men available at the moment and after speaking to the players and managers alike, how prepared are they mentally for this North African duel? Well, that is a multi-million dollar question. A lot, a lot uh, of skepticism rode around Asante Kotoko's uh, campaign in the CAF Champions League, especially when Sonia Akuba wasn't available. Um, Safi Fatal was moving out. Daniel Dakon moved out. The captain in Mostrum Pond left the scene. Abdul Ghani suffered an injury. The absence of Richard Senano, Maxwell Baku not ready to return to the team after that injury. Kwame Bones leaving um, Kotoko. It looks like a disjointed team uh, in uh, coming into this campaign, but judging from the games that they played, the three games that they played, they haven't really disappointed. And even on the local scene, the games that they played against Ashanti Gold and uh, other friendly matches, they've really proven their worth. The fans just build that confidence from the last game that they played against as well. Winning two goals to nil, little was or little or least was expected of this team to be that twelve. But looking at the performance of a twelve, which wasn't generally impressive. 
they still have a delay I think that once they did not concede any goal here, they think that they've seen a lot of North African teams play here. And this should be a very good game for them to at least get the best, a, best, a better result from it and make qualification. Finally, Kelvin, let's end with your predicted lineups then. The captain of the team, Felix and the Sister fans, will be in post at right back. MPM Da Costa is uh, suspected to play there with Patrick Yabo on the left hand side of defense. In midfield, uh, in the central defense, uh, he would have to still opt for Emmanuel Ajimamberu and Abid Mohamed, who has been in great form. We've seen him in the local blacks as well as the black midfielders continuing with some great form in there. In midfield, yes, sir. Uh, uh, Justice Blade, the, the shield for the defense is expected to be in there. There's not going to be any change uh, between Jordan Opoku and then uh, Augustin Oka, Emmanuel Gentry right up there. And with the return of Nabi Keita, he says, uh, he's expected to lead the lines together with Richard as other striker. So if there should be any change, if there should be any change, Daniel, from what I saw at the training session, it's more like a 4 2 3 1 approach if the coach. Wants to go defensive. Other than that, he takes to his four forty. Thank you very much, Kelvin Owusu-Ansah, my colleague at Lao FM, giving us the analysis there. And it's just a good time now, though, to still stick with continental football, but move straight into the camp of Ashanti Gold, who have a relatively much difficult task to defend their slender advantage against the last season's CAF Confederations Cup finalist, R.S. Bekani. Africa football expert Noor Adams kept watch before the miners travelled and joins me with some analysis. So thank you very much, Nuhu, for your time. And Ashanti Gold have got it all to do after conceding two goals in Ghana. Quite simply, how can they get this job done with the men available to them? Um, well, George, is going to be very, very difficult. Um, we know R.S. Bekani to be a formidable side when they play at home. And getting two away goals gives them um, a, a slight advantage going into the game. Because any form of win, um, 1-0-2-1, we'll see Bekani qualify to the next round of the competition as would if have, they have to qualify or at all costs score a goal at Bekani before they, they cancel through. It's not going to be an easy task as would are aware of of how difficult the game is going to be. They have it all to play. All they need is to get a result that can make them qualify to the next round. If they should get a draw, fine. If they are to lose, they must get at least two or more goals before as good cancel through. It's not going to be easy. And looking at how training have gone, I, I know that the boys are poised for, for, for the game. Um, I think as good slightly have the advantage because they are leading three goals to two. But with the match coming on in Bekani, I think as Bekani look favorite and are likely to sell through. Well, Nuhu, let's talk about uh, the game. Let's talk about what Coach Wojak will be thinking about. Who is likely to start where? Well, I'm looking at um, the, the training schedules of, of, of the team. I think Ricardo Darocha might be making only a change in the, in the setup. If not, the same 11 that played um, at Obwase will be the same 11 playing in Bekani. We will be having goalkeeper in Frank Watson, um, keeping the post. The right back will be Kodamu Akum. Um, the left back is Eric Donko. The, the centre back, that's the point five, will be Yusuf Mubarak and Richard Osadman. If Richard is not able to play, that's where we will see Musa Mohamed coming in for Richard Osadman. The midfield will have um, James Akam and Kwon, Abdullah and Abila, Apia Makati, and up front we will have the Brazilian Marco Aurelio Silva, Damashino, Canario. 
then Amos Ade, then we have the captain, Shafi Mumuni, leading the attack for Ashanti Road. So these are the likely um, 11 of Ashgold in Bekani on Saturday. Finally, no, uh, the crucial games to come this weekend, as well in the CAF Champions League and CAF Confederations Cup. Which are the games you feel we should keep an eye on? Um, I think this CAF Champions League will have most of the top sides selling through to the group stages already. Mamelodi Sundowns is having a, a 5-0 advantage and they will be playing at home. Premier League goes to one to Gambia to win, two goes to one to against Grenadiers. Premier League goes to will also be in the group stages. Zesco United playing at home with a 1-1 from the first leg. I think Zesco have the advantage. Well, let's go traveling to Uganda to play KCCA. KCCA got a 0-0 scoreline in Angola. At Petra Atletico, as we know, um, we want to prove a point. Al Ali will also be in the group stages. They already have a 2-0 advantage from the first leg. They went to Equatorial Guinea to beat Kano Sport Academy. See Platinum from Zimbabwe in the first leg, 1-1-0 against Yudi Songo. Yudi Songo playing at home. I think they have the advantage. Zamalek 2-1 in the first leg. Zamalek will have to return that deficit and make sure they, they, they get to the group stage. Jess Kabili having a 2-0 advantage over Horea AC. Horea AC are playing at home in Guinea. And we know how formidable Horea AC are. They are very, very stubborn. They are very, very good side. Kabili will have to get a goal before they can qualify. I think Jess Kabili in that game is having the advantage. by TP Mazembe also are likely to be in the group stages because the first leg they went to Madagascar to get a 0-0 draw against Forza Juniors. Esperance Sportive de Tunis, the defending champions, playing at home. I think Esperance are true already. Aimba International FC were held to a 0-0 draw by Al Helal Club of Sudan in the first leg. Al Helal playing at home in the second leg at Omdoman. Aimba have the advantage. AS Vita Club also got to got a 0-0 draw from Togo against ASC Dekara. I think Vita Club have the advantage and they will be in the group stages. With that athletic club, went to Mauritania, beat FC Nwadidu by two goals to zero. At home, with that, we sold through easily. Raja Casablanca got a 3-1 advantage against Libyan side, El Nasser FC, and I think Raja reigning the second leg at home, we sold through. U.S. Amorja, look at the Confederations Cup. We don't have too many tight games, but I think one of the interesting games is going to be CR that of Algeria playing against Pyramids. Thank you very much, Nuhu Adams, for your time on the show. We're definitely up. We'll be keeping tabs on the game between Ashanti Gold and Aras Bekani to take place in Bekani. And of course, Tomasia Santi Kotakal up against Atwal du Sahel that will take place in Suez. time for the Joy Sports BBC two-way series and I had a lovely chat as always. Hope you enjoy this. When we come back, there's more on the show. this weekend and let's begin with Manchester United of course more unconvincing games and fans are calling for the head of Oligana Solskjaer already what else can he do though to put things right it's very difficult for him because the problems are so deep rooted and there isn't a short term fix I I thought things were perhaps looking up for him when Paul Pogba returned in midweek obviously they struggled to beat 
Rochdale. But having him back, I think, is a massive boost. But now he's in a race to be fit for the game. He, he picked up an ankle injury in the game against Rochdale, so he might miss the game against Arsenal, which would be a massive blow when you consider all of their, their injury problems at the moment, Manchester United. So it's very, very difficult. I mean, he has to keep the confidence up of the players. Maybe it's the time to get the youngsters involved. We know he's done it with the likes of Rashford and McTominay, but I'm talking about the guys who have been making cameo appearances off the bench. Really give them a chance now to, to see what they can do. The likes of Mason Greenwood, who did so well in the Europa League, give them a start, give them a chance, because at the moment, the so-called senior players are not doing very well. The, the, the big case for me is, well, the big example for me, Juan Mata, he's a shadow of the player he used to be, which is sad to see. Um, I, I thought he was really, really poor against West Ham, and hopefully it's just a blip because I really like Juan Mata, and at his best, he's such a good player to watch, but he's been really poor, and I think certainly some players are letting Ole Gunnar Solskjaer down, and for me, it could even get worse before it gets better. He needs the big players back fully fit before Manchester United can start climbing the table again. So Manchester United face Arsenal on Monday. Well, considering how fragile both have looked in all departments, where will this game be won or lost? For me, the big difference is Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Arsenal have a goal scorer in great form. They know that even if they play badly, he just takes one chance for Aubameyang and the game changes. And I think that there'll be a lot more belief from Arsenal as well. They were down and out against Aston Villa. They were trailing twice. They were down to 10 men. They still dug out a victory. That, for me, is a big signal that they're still behind the manager. There's great team spirit there. And for all the negatives we talk about Arsenal in terms of Granit Xhaka, in terms of defensively, I think there are some positives. There are certainly a lot more positives at Arsenal than there are at Manchester United. Aubameyang is the big positive. Guendouzi is another huge positive for them. And also Kieran Tierney coming back at left-back. I think he's going to be a fantastic addition. So, for me, Arsenal start as favourites in this game. Let's talk about Spurs. They've looked a bit of colour lately. And after the loss to Leicester, the fans are beginning to wonder what has gone amiss. Where does Pochettino's side need to improve quickly and against Southampton this weekend? It's just worrying signs from what the players have been saying and what Maurizio Pochettino was saying. After they lost in the League Cup, he said... He needed time to sort the different agendas in his squad. I mean, you can interpret that in so many different ways. And it just makes you think that there are problems behind the scenes. Body language-wise, he doesn't look like the old Maurizio Pochettino. Maybe after five years, he's lost that spark. But particularly after they lost the Champions League final. There are players who maybe wanted to leave who are still there, like Danny Rose, Christian Eriksen, Vertonghen. So there's a lot to sort out there for Tottenham, and I think it's a really big game against Southampton. Almost a must-win. Must-win not for league position, but for confidence to get the to get the whole squad back together again and to, to get some confidence back because it's been a struggle so far this season. So let's talk about the list of games that may likely catch your eye this weekend. I would imagine games involving Chelsea and Manchester City may make that list. What else do you have? Yeah, let's start with Chelsea because Frank Lampard finally has his first win at Stamford Bridge since taking over as Chelsea manager. They thrashed Grimsby and now he can break that duck in the Premier League as well. Still hasn't won a home Premier League game. Brighton are the visitors and you'd expect Chelsea to beat Brighton. Brighton are very organised. 
you, again this season you can't really see where the goals are going to come from and I think it could be another struggle this season for Brighton Manchester City wow they were amazing last weekend weren't they and now they play Everton who are struggling and Marco Silva the Everton boss is a story worth following isn't it because I think the fans are starting to lose faith in him that was a poor defeat against Sheffield United the Sheffield United manager admitted that they played the worst they have all season and they still beat Everton so that was a really poor performance terrible defending from set pieces and Everton really need to step it up even if they don't win against Manchester City they have to show heart and they have to show an improved performance and we have to end with a Spanish La Liga and we need to talk about Barcelona whose troubles are compounding at the moment players don't seem to quite get into the rhythm of what the coach wants is it time for Valverde to exit the Camp Nou? Yeah, we thought Zinedine Zidane was the manager under pressure in La Liga. But now suddenly, it's the Barcelona boss who's is the man under pressure. Is it time for Valverde to leave? I think it will be wrong to sack him mid-season. I certainly think he'll go in the, in the summer, the European summer, at the end of the season. Because I, I think his race is run, to be honest. Even if they, even if they, they won trophies, I, I think it's time now for someone else to come in. Because there are so many questions now about Barcelona. So much needs to change in the summer. Young, play, young players need to be, need to be uh, bedded in. There needs to be a changing of the guard. Some players are getting old. So I think it will be a transition time for, for Barcelona to come. But he is under pressure. I mean, they play Hatafe this, this weekend. That should be a comfortable win. Although we said that last weekend against Granada. Away from home, they have been dreadful, Barcelona. I don't think they've won away from home since April. So it's a big test for them against Hatafe. And Lionel Messi, of course, is struggling with an injury. Came off at half-time on Tuesday. So it's, it's a difficult one for them. The big game in La Liga for me, though, is the Madrid derby. Atletico Madrid against Real Madrid. After all Real Madrid's problems, they are top of La Liga. But this is their first massive test of the La Liga season. And Atletico Madrid will be desperate to win it. And João Felix will be desperate to win his first uh, Madrid derby as well, the youngster from Portugal who could end up being one of the big stars of world football That's the Joy Sports BBC two-way series, now time to find out the big games to be chasing across Europe in Spain, in France in Italy, in Germany and England Joy Sports Moses Yeboah has a wrap League leaders Real Madrid will visit Bitter City rivals Atletico Madrid on Saturday as Los Blancos aim to extend their one-point lead at the top of the table in the Madrid derby. With La Liga set to suspend Morata for at least one game, Atletico coach Diego Simeone will be without one of his main strike men for the crucial showdown with Zidane Zidane's side at the Wanda Metropolitano, which will potentially be a battle between first and second in La Liga. Barcelona will be looking to gain back-to-back victories for the first time this season against a Hetafe side who are yet to taste defeat at home. It is not unusual for Bayern Munich to find themselves playing the role of Goliath in the Bundesliga. They will once again assume that role this Saturday as they take on bottom of the table Paderborn. Title hopefuls Dortmund host Werder Bremen and league leaders RB Leipzig host Schalke. League leaders Inter Milan continue to set the Serie A pace with their fifth straight win of the campaign in midweek. Antonio Conte's men go again this weekend in the away clash with Sampdoria. Perennial champions Juventus host Spa, AC Milan Fiorentina and Napoli host Brescia. PSG lost in midweek to continue their rather uneasy mood at the club, but they can erase that with a win at Bordeaux. And in the Premier League, Sheffield United welcome Liverpool to Bramall Lane. Chelsea host Brighton. 
Champions City take on league at Everton at Goodison Park. And on Monday at Old Trafford, Manchester United square off with Arsenal. Thank you very much, Moses Yabois. Live on radio, live online, this is The Locker Room with George Addo Jr. greater sense of anticipation ahead of any race in history it's a brilliant bend by great britain the jamaicans have some work to do so too the americans britain jamaica and the united states and look at this from mitchell blake it's great britain great britain yes i can't believe it great britain have taken the gold medal usain bolt is limping down the track it hasn't ended as he would have liked. We'll salute him in a moment, but let's celebrate the great British quartet. It's a new British record, and they have storms to gold on a night that we will never, ever forget. So let's do athletics next, and later this evening, the opening ceremony of the 2019 IAAF World Athletics Championship will be held at the renovated multi-purpose Khalifa International Stadium. And you know, 10 athletes from Ghana are expected to hoist the flag so high up and later participate in the 4 by 100 meters relay for men and women. Benjamin Kafui Azamati was part of Ghana's gold-winning quartet and they just ended Africa Games in Rabat. Azamati is a student of the University of Ghana. In the Mensa Sabah Hall, after two years of massive progression in sprints, is looking forward to making an impact amongst the world's best. I've been speaking to him ahead of the games. Let's talk about the 4 by 100 meters relay that we saw you guys run in Rabat and you won. Yeah. Did you expect that? <laughs> That's a tough question. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you expect, like, but did you expect it? Well, I knew, I knew it would be in the medals old, but yes. to win was, was, I didn't think of that. Think of that yeah. But then I knew we would get a, a medal. Look at our team, we good. But then the others looked good on paper. Yeah. I mean, Nigeria had the nines, yeah. they had two nines, yeah. two, two ten zeros. Yes. But then looking at us, I was a 10 athlete. We were all tens, yeah. yeah. So comparing the two countries, mm. they were far better. Mm. But then in release, the baton works. Yes. It's not about the speed, about the speed. no, but then the changing Change of the baton. baton. So I think we were much quicker than them. And, and that's where we are surprised and, and, and that's a surprise and, and why a lot of people are comfortable and very confident about what you guys can do at the IAAF it's because you've not been together for so long how did you get that telepathy the, this was our first time yeah. event, but I think two of them had been in a relay team in a school, in a school yeah. that was Martin and then Paul, and Paul. so it was the, the problem was with me and then Sean uh, so we, he came and then we had to talk we had a chat I mean when, when we come to training our coach leave, leaves us to you know talk and then decide. get to yeah decide where the arrangement of the team so we sat and then we all talked and then we arranged ourselves on how to go on the on the track mm. so i mean we are boys so charlie 
yeah, we were talking, boys, yeah, boys were socially, yeah, sort yeah. everything out, and then they encouraged me because I was I was new to this. Uh, this was a, a stage, this was a higher stage for me. Mm. I had not been there before, so the others encouraged me that I should just forget about anything. No mistake should come from me. I should just, I should just catch the person in front of me and then, and then when I hand over the baton, I'm going to talk about it. I mean, Rabat was a big stage. Yeah. You, you, 38.304100 you guys did qualify um, to that Doha, yeah. now Doha is a bigger stage and uh, is a meet of the world athletes yeah. it's your first time on that stage yeah that's my first time I mean, maybe your first time maybe even going to such a competition yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you're not you're going there like double double you're going there seeing it for the first time and, and going to participate actually in there with huge expectations well we are we are much prepared I think personally everybody is very very prepared mm. we are all doing well I mean we have a group that we all talk I mean as of now everybody is actually prepared and then we are hoping to you know I mean Ghanaians are expecting a lot from yeah, us yeah because Ghanaians don't often switch allegiances with their footballer yeah. you guys carry the hopes and if anybody's going to pay attention to the IAAF it's because we know that we have yeah. a team that won gold in Africa and can go and make a case does that put pressure on you? well it does but then the pressure is just for us to you know perform better mm. yeah so I think we go in there we are going to do our Let's, let's, let's look at what your 4x100 meter uh, relay team is looking like. Yeah. What are the special qualities of everybody? Let's start with Sean. I think Sean does really well in the 60 meters. He's yeah. very, very quick on the block. Mm. So that's why he started. Yes. I mean, when, when when you watch the final, you could see yes. he cuts the guy in front of him. That's right. He's very, very, very quick on the block. And they're looking at me. Mm. I think... I'm, I'm, I'm well abreast with the 100 meters. Yes. I, ha- I can do well in the 110 too. So they look at the time and then they put me at the second. The second. And then the, the second and then the last person, we call them fighters. fighters. So, I mean, when it doesn't go well with the second, the last person, yeah, that's why we put Joe there. And Joe is a typical 200 meter runner. Yeah. So if any faults or there's, we are behind or anything, he can catch up for us. And then Martin too is a, is a cave specialist. He's <laughs> a cave monster. That's why I put him there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, but like, but like, yeah, yeah. It's just, just a few thoughts for Joe. It's really got some speed, and it's aside the four by hundred meters, you know, relay event. You're looking forward to hundred meters and two hundred meters. Where yeah, it's going yeah, to be part yeah. of it. Yeah, he's going to run the hundred. The hundred meters, yeah. And then I think he's going to win. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I really assure you, you, you he's going to win. He has dropped ten point zero one this season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think he can run the nine. So that was Azamati, and well, he will be running with Joseph Paul, Martin Owusu, and Sean Entry. So now, let's dive into the women relay team who qualified after the great performance of the World Relay Championships in Tokyo months ago. Ho Halutier was in the thick of affairs on the just-ended Africa Games. Didn't go too well for them there, but she's looking forward to her first championship and, of course, in Doha. It's your first time on that stage? Yeah, that's my first time. <laughs> going to yeah, yeah, yeah. So what, what comes through your mind? Have you been watching some videos and all of that? Yeah, I've been watching some videos. Because things, anything can happen mm. at competition. Yeah, I have to watch and know the mistakes. I have to correct myself before getting there. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you look at when you burst onto the scene in athletics in Ghana and how, how quickly you have risen up. How big is this World Athletics Championship for you? Yeah, it's a great to me because I do not even dream about it and yeah. I get it. I would say... Allah have guided me throughout. So, you guys qualified for the World Relay Championships. Yeah. That was uh, a very fantastic feat for you. You came seventh, but you qualified for the IWF via that. How exciting was it? Tell me about that tournament. That's the competition. Yeah, because what we were excited is that because 
when we are in our heat at the reeling at Japan, people them came first, mm. but the final the way they came in first. That one is in or off. <laughs> you make him first in the final, you make him last. Okay. okay. Yeah, okay. that one is. If somebody who don't know about it, you will say, oh, why you, you why is it that you run good today, tomorrow you did not run well? It's about how your day is. Mm. If it is your day, you can it's do it. It's your day? Yeah. <laughs> so if it's not your day, it's not your it day? It's not your day. Oh. It, it, what, I, I guess it wasn't your day in Rabat. No, uh, no, no. no. Rabat, 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 it's not a day. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, we, to be fair, we expected a lot from you girls. Um, and there was a dropping of the baton and all of that. How did you feel on the track? How did you feel when you realized the baton was dropping? Oh, when our baton fell, I felt bad, but getting to some hours is normal. Because every country, most of the country drop their baton. Yes. Yeah. Our own is normal. Because then we cannot even say, like the one that even drop our batons, is say, Jampa, mm-hmm. one of us get hurt in the semifinals. Yes, yes. We have nothing to say about it. It has come. We have to take it there. Yes, take what, it there. what a good or bad, you have to take it. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about the, the World Championships. We have some very good countries coming. I'm sure you've seen the videos, a lineup of athletes you are going to meet. How prepared are you to take it? Oh, we are also a good athlete. Yeah. In this world, no one is born like a good athlete. You also practice before you become a good athlete. Okay. Yeah. When you are going, you are going. Don't say that I'm going to face a good athlete. You are also a good athlete from your country going to meet them. Yeah. Prepare and go and meet them. So you are going there to go and meet them. Oh, yeah, we are. We are, you are going not, You're not scared of anything. No, no, we are not scared. You are going there to do your oh, thing. Oh, we are going there to do what they can do. That's all I, I, I can take it from you because looking into your eyes, you really mean what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. Uh, in, in that aside, the 4 by 100 meters relay, what are you hoping to achieve as a 100 meters? Yeah, I want to be... Olympic champion at the end of my career. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's good. That's that's good to know. So take us through um, the four by hundred meters relay. Yeah. Who starts? Who second? Who is third? What are the qualities? Let's start with. We've seen it, but we want you to go through it. Yeah. Mm. Films will start it. Okay. Twenty Japan. Yeah. Films will start. They yeah. give it to Jima. Jima will give it to Persis and Persis will give it to me and I will end it. So why are you the why are you the one to end it? What's what's special about you ending it? <laughs> <laughs> Plus the youngest. You know, we have people that run in the curve. Yes. And they are flexible and mm. we have people that run in the straight and they are flexible. flexible. That's how they have to put you this person you can run in. This this one depends on the coaches. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot to come from Doha in terms of coverage. And uh, we're keeping tabs on everything Team Ghana would do. And of course, uh, the lightning races. 100 meters with the likes of Noah Lowell's, Andy DeGrasse, Kristen Coleman, all going head-to-head to try and find out who replaces Usain Bolt. Not as if there's no Gatlin, but of course, these are the youngsters we're looking forward to seeing. Live on radio, live online, this is The Locker Room with George Addo Jr., it's lights out, away we go. It wasn't a hold for very long at the start. Leclerc gets away well, ahead of Hamilton and Vettel. And then on the inside, Alex Albon on Valtteri Bottas, making up a place at the start, maybe. That's Max Verstappen, ahead of Bottas, then comes Albon, and then Carlos Sainz as well. Vettel is really going for it with Hamilton. For the first time in 2019, Sebastian Vettel takes the chequered flag and wins the Singapore Grand Prix. And
going to win that unlike in Canada will stand this time around. Formula One next and the best drivers in the world in technically perfect racing cars will face off in a battle for the win on the track in the Olympic Park for the set time already. Uh, a park and entertainment program and concerts at the Russian Grand Prix venue and show an incredible experience and loads of fans for spectators. Sebastian Vettel ended his 13-month wind drought with a controversial victory in the Singapore Grand Prix. Now, the German benefited from the unusual Ferrari strategy to leapfrog teammate Charles Leclerc into the lead. So then, let's do some analysis. And joining me with that, ahead of Sunday's evening race, is Raymond Nyamado. Thank you very much, Ray, for your time. And let's talk about the tensions in Ferrari at the moment. Charles Leclerc was not happy about the instruction from his team. How do Ferrari keep the young man still believing? And will the team cap on? Well, I think that the, the competition after the race was that the wrong Ferrari won. And I think I agree with that as well because we all know it was the instruction and the undercut issue that actually got Vettel to actually win this race. But that notwithstanding, I still think that Ferrari should be able to manage this. I think for the team, they needed to see Vettel finally get back to winning ways because a lot was said about the fact that Vettel was on his way out of the team. Vettel had lost the plot in terms of, you know, whether he was a good driver or not. And there was a lot of talk about the brilliance of that Ferrari chassis, you know, making Leclerc a very good driver. And simply, you know, Vettel just didn't know how to win. That's why the fact that he had a very good car. So a lot was expected from, you know, Charles Leclerc. Everybody was expecting to win his third race. But again, once Vettel showed a lot of promise, once Vettel showed that his, his head was in the right place, I think that the team just wanted one for Vettel. The team just wanted Vettel to get back to winning with at least to get the monkey off his back. And Charles Leclerc should be able to accept this and Ferrari should be able to actually deal with this very well. I think that the experience of Vettel is one that Ferrari would need in the course of the season. I think that Leclerc has many more years in the sport and many more years to actually you know, prove his dominance on the circuit. And so I think that, you know, this shouldn't be an issue that uh, Binotto and his men will not be able to deal with. I think that it's one issue that, as a team, they would actually sit down and then and then work things and actually get back into the next race stronger. I still think that, uh, despite the fact that I think the wrong Ferrari won, I still think it was a good win for Vettel, especially if he wants to actually, you know, keep his job at Ferrari at the end of the season. Ray, it's been four races with Ferrari dominating. Either Charles Leclerc winning or Sebastian Vettel winning. Mercedes definitely need a response. Is Russia the best place? Well, George, definitely I would say Russia is the best place because if you look at history, you know, the seven races at the uh, Autodrome, we've seen Mercedes actually win all those races. And the first two races, they won in the early 90s. The last four races have gone to, uh, the last five races have gone to Mercedes. We've seen Valtteri Bottas win. We've seen Lewis Hamilton actually win on three occasions. We've seen Nico Rosberg also win there. So it, it, it's quite difficult to see any team other than Mercedes actually winning this weekend. And that's the same way we thought, looking at the dominance of Lewis Hamilton and Ferrari, you know, in Singapore, we were expecting that once again they were actually going to dominate this race. I think that for, for Mercedes, Toto Wolff and his men have to sit up because all season we were expecting that, look, the way they finished off the first round, they were actually going to come into the second round all guns blazing. But they've actually ceded power to Ferrari, and that seems to be a big problem for them. It looks very much like Mercedes have opened a very healthy lead at the top, and it will be difficult for Ferrari to catch up. But I think that if they keep giving away races like this, if they keep giving away podium finishes like this, it would sooner rather than later catch up with them. But I think going to Russia, definitely, it's one that you, you can't see beyond you know, you, you can't see beyond Mercedes. Mercedes definitely 
are the team destined to win in Russia simply because of their dominance on the circuit. Mm. You know, Sochi has been a very happy hunting ground for Mercedes. We've seen Lewis Hamilton actually win there on three occasions. The only driver who has won there on most occasions. And so, looking at the disappointments of this weekend, I am expecting that Lewis Hamilton should actually come back. There should be redemption in the often for Mercedes and Lewis Hamilton. And I, I, I won't be surprised. I won't be surprised if Mercedes actually finally get their first win of the second round in Russia. It's one race that definitely they would actually want to go into with a lot of dominance. But let's not let's not take anything away from Ferrari. Ferrari have been very, 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 very strategic. Even before the race in Singapore, they introduced a cape under their cone. They tried to actually tweak their engine a bit to actually get a lot of downforce. And that actually worked to perfection for them. And so in Russia, I'm expecting that Ferrari would once again tweak their engine and actually get the impact that they want. And so I don't think it's going to be a one-horse race for Mercedes. I still think that Ferrari would put in a challenge, but but Mercedes should be too mm. good for them to actually win this race. So right. for me, I still think that this could be the first win for, 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 for Mercedes in the second round. Ray, let's end. I want to find out who you think will finish uh, on the podium. Well, George, the last time I attempted predicting the podium finishes, I think everybody, every pundit and his guy actually believed that Mercedes were going to win. And nobody was actually going to, you know, predict a better win. So it's quite tricky this time around. But George, I still think that um, the Mercedes dominance at Sochi is one that, you know, is well documented. And the experience of the drivers on that circuit is well documented, is well known. And looking at how Ferrari haven't, you know, seen that, that circuit as a happy hunting ground for them. I still see this one going 1-2 Mercedes. Mercedes will finally bounce back in Sochi. And I'm expecting one of the Ferraris to actually be in there. And I won't be surprised if Leclerc actually finishes that. And so I'm, I'm, I'm going for a 1-2 for Mercedes. And probably we might see a 1 for Ferrari join the 3. Thank you very much, Ray, for your time. for listening to The Locker Room on Joy 99.7 FM. The podcast will be available online at myjoyonline.com in 30 minutes. This production was powered by Joy Sports and supported by the BBC World Service. The war drums are back on. The sound of the whistle indicates that special season is here with us. The expectations of fans are free to hit the roof because elite football and one that is enjoyed by the champions is on. Once again, another collapse by the Liverpool defence. Hector Herrera with a equaliser. Atletico Madrid can't wait again. Another big season of the UEFA Champions League begins on your most trusted source of live English football commentary, Joy Sports, in partnership with DSTV and Go TV, bring to you the 2019-2020 UEFA Champions League season live on your sleeve. Will Jurgen Club Liverpool prove too strong for the challenges? Or this will be a year for the star-studded Paris Saint-Germain, the thirsty Manchester City, or one for Lionel Messi and Ronaldo to shine again. So trust the Joy Sports team led by George Ajo Jr. and Gary Smith at the office, in your car, or while watching the game on your fully connected DSTV or Go TV to bring you the best of live commentary on Joy 99.7 FM. Live commentary of the UEFA Champions League is powered by Joy Sports in partnership with DSTV and Go TV. So go ahead and grab your fully connected DSTV Zappa decoder and be part of the experience. Joy Sports, the thrill of the game. DSTV.